You're listening to The Promised Church's Message of the Week. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. I'm stepping out in faith right now. I'm trusting the Lord and trusting our wonderful Longview campus and technology that they are going to join with us here in just a moment. So I just want to welcome those of you watching online and welcome our Longview campus today as they are joining us via our live stream for the first time in our Longview campus. Normally, we, we have someone live, but today they get to watch us on the screen. Can we welcome our Longview campus and those watching online? Come on. So amazing what God has done. We're in the beginning of a new year in 2022, and if you were, you've been with us for a little bit in 2021, uh, God did some miraculous things, one of them being providing a building for us in Longview to have a Longview campus there. We had been praying and seeking the Lord, uh, believing his direction to start a campus there for the last couple years and couldn't find a place, and in March of last year, God miraculously opened the doors for us to see a building there and to, be per- and to purchase it in April uh, of last year and to launch our Longview campus in September. And it's been a wild ride, an amazing ride, and God has done amazing things in that campus already in the first few months. And they're joining us today uh, as we share vision with you. Today is Vision Sunday. How many of you are excited? You can be more excited. It's Vision Sunday today. Woo! So in Vision Sunday today, we're going to have a twofold aspect to today. We're going to be sharing with you what we believe God has given us as a vision for the church and in a very cultural and specific way of what he is asking us to be and to do that will infiltrate into every part of our culture as a church. And then secondly, we are going to be casting vision with you today, different things that God is going to be doing this year and different things that we see God calling us into and then he's going to do through us and with us in the years to come. All right, so we're really excited to share these things with you. God has been speaking to us for a period of several months now. We've been working as a team to get things ready to present to you and to share things with you. And we're really excited for what God is doing and going to do starting today. Amen? Amen. So one of those big things is, again, giving you a new vision statement for who we are as the Promise Church. And that way, if anyone ever asks you, what's the vision of the Promised Church, our hope would be that you're able to share it easily and quickly, just like it's on the tip of your tongue. And with that, that takes a lot of intentionality. That takes a lot of work, a lot of practice. And we've realized that at the Promised Church, we have a culture. We, we have a culture that is here, and all of you who are part of this body, this family here, you're like, I, I love what's happening here. This is why I keep coming. And the presence of the Lord is here. This is why I keep coming. But we recognize that there was a need to, in a sense, put some more language to our culture. That if you aren't specific and you don't have great language with your culture, vision leaks. And all of a sudden, there's maybe a, a lack of consistency throughout. And so we want consistency. We, we want to have everyone on the same page with what God's doing, with what he's saying, and where we're going. Amen? And so over the weeks to come, we're going to be sharing about that culture. The culture of the Promised Church can easily be broken down into multiple elements. It's first the vision statement. It's our core values, who we are at our best. 
and, and what are, in a sense, our rules of engagement are as a leadership team and as a, as a members of the body of Christ here at the Promise Church. It's also our unique characteristics. What sets us apart differently at the Promise Church than other places? And then our leadership standards as, what, as pastors and leaders and volunteers and those who are part of this church. What's the leadership standards that we're going after as a team? So we're going to be sharing those things with you in the weeks to come. Today we're going to just be launching the vision statement with you and going into what God is leading us into in this. But I would ask you, church, this. I would say, if this is your house, this is your church, you are a part of the Promise Church, you're a member, part of this family, don't hear these things that we're going to share with you today and go, wow, that's awesome, the Promise Church is doing things. Don't sit there and go, wow, that's great. Though The leadership is going to do some great stuff. The staff's going to do amazing things. No, engage with us with your heart today. Allow vision to inspire you and stir within you. For you are going, I'm a part of this family. I'm a part of this church. God, you're speaking these things to me. And Lord, show me how I can partner. Show me how I, I, I can jump in with what you're doing, with what, where we're going, and where you're leading us. Don't spectate. Ask the Lord to show you how to participate. Amen? Amen. Amen, Longview. I hear that amen. Thank you. So I'm excited to launch our vision statement. You're going to begin to see this on walls, in, in pictures, and decor. It's on our new shirts. Praise God. So here we go. The vision of the Promise Church is that the Promise Church, we exist to be a people of freedom and transformation through daily personal encounters with the presence of God. Woohoo! I'm going to say it one more time. We're going to say it a few more times, I'm sure, as we keep going. At the Promise Church, we exist to be a people of freedom and transformation through daily personal encounters with the presence of God. We were very specific. We were very intentional with each piece of this, with each word that is listed here. And we're going to break these, some of these down for you. We're going to go into some of these in the, in the moments to come. But we really felt like it was very key for us to use certain phrasing and recognize that this vision statement is something that will give you a very practical application for your life today and recognizing that it's not even done tomorrow. So you might sit here sometimes with us and we say some pretty grandiose things, some really big things, like we're going to change the world, and we really do believe that. But you might go, well, where does that start for me today or Monday morning when I wake up to start my week? Where does this start for me? Well, it starts with having daily personal encounters with Jesus. All right? And we're going to break some of these down for you. So the first one I want to go into is the word people. People, all right, we were, again, very intentional with using this word because we don't want it to be locational-based. We don't want it just to be something that you experience when you're here in the Woodland Campus or when you are in our Longview Campus or when we just have a service. We believe that you are the body of Christ. You are the people of God. You are called to take freedom and transformation everywhere you go, that you are people of his presence, you're called to carry the presence of God in everything that you do and everything that you're a part of. So we believe as you go into your homes with your family, into your workplaces, into the schools, into the grocery stores, into the malls, you're carrying the presence of God. You're bringing freedom and transformation and, and the Lord with you into every part of your life. 
scripture for you. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this. But you, say me, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Isn't that amazing? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Jesus, the Lord, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they have divinely chosen you to be a royal priesthood, to be kings and queens, to be priests, to minister unto the Lord, to minister to his heart, just like we did so wonderfully in worship today. And that as you do that, you declare his praises, you declare his goodness, that he brought you out of darkness and has brought you into his marvelous light, that you are able to share the mercy that you've received with others around you. Amen? Amen. Let's welcome my beautiful wife, Pastor Melissa, to do the next part. All right. Vision can be scary, but it also can be exciting. So this morning, I hope that your heart is stirred with excitement. And not only that, but you feel like, wow, I'm connecting to this. I'm a part of this. I'm not just sitting on the sidelines, but I'm actually going to participate and see these things happen in my life and see it happen in people's lives around me. So the next word of the vision statement that I have for you is freedom. I want to go to 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says, now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on. Each one of us in this room has experienced freedom. Can you say amen to that? We're not just supposed to experience it on a Sunday morning or maybe at a, a group or even connecting with a friend. We are to experience freedom every single day. We can say where the Lord is, there is freedom, or where we make the Lord the Lord, there is freedom. See, there's something inside of us that's got to die in order for something to stand and say, I'm Lord, and this is supposed to be King Jesus in our life, not our flesh, okay? Who knows our flesh loves to cry out for all of the good things in life. It's enticing to the eye. It, it might feel good. It might look good. It might smell good, but we are to be people of freedom, people that are led by the Spirit of God. Now, Jesus died on the cross, Okay, he went in down into the grave and he came up and then he went and is sitting next to the father, the right hand of the father right now. And he said this before he left to the disciples. He said, guys, I've got to go, but don't worry. I'm leaving you my spirit. And with my spirit, you're even going to do greater works than I did. Amen. Come on, promise. This is who we are. We have the Spirit of God not just living around us, not something that we just connect to every once in a while. The Spirit of the living God is inside of us. Resurrection power is living inside of us. See, when we let the Spirit lead, guess what? Sin doesn't have a chance. Guess what? Depression doesn't have a chance. All doom and gloom doesn't have a chance. 
Because we have the hope of glory living inside of us. And John 8.36 says this. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. He went into that grave and he died on the cross like it's done. He said on the cross, it is finished, folks. It is finished. Your flesh has an opportunity to die once and for all. We don't have to resurrect anything. It's done. But it's only through his spirit and his power and his grace. And this every day we get to experience his mercies are new every day. His love can be refreshed every day. The fire can be kindled inside of us every day through our connection with him. If you want that, I encourage you today, tomorrow, wake up and say, God, I want to experience freedom new today. I want to be a carrier of freedom. I want it to be living inside of me and coming out of me and giving it away to everyone I'm around Guess what? Your world and your life is going to change. The things around you are going to change. You will see heaven literally come here on earth. Because it's nothing that we can do in of ourselves, our talents, our abilities, how amazing we are, or gifted we are. No, it's literally us surrendering and dying and letting the spirit lead us and letting the supernatural flow through our lives. Come on. That's what I got. Freedom. All right, let's go home. Um, Next word. Everybody say transformation. Transformation. Come on, transformation is a big word. It's a big word. And um, I just want to read, I want to read our vision statement one more time, just so you can hear it in context. People, freedom, transformation, all right? At the Promise Church, we exist to be people of freedom and transformation through daily personal encounters of the presence of God, right? All right. Let's do this. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Come on, who likes this passage? It's powerful. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the miracles of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I want to read it to you in this translation. This is the NIV. That was the ESV. This is the NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, and that's all I want to read because this, listen, what I've learned is that when, when there's a therefore, it always follows up something, right? It's the first 11 chapters of this passage are, are the promises of God. It's, You've been justified by faith. You've been, you have access to God. You have hope in heaven. You are shaped by your trials and tribulations. You have an overflowing grace of God. You have the Holy Spirit living inside you. And you have God's great promises. So he says, therefore, Paul, Paul when he writes this, he's saying, therefore, because of all those things, change. <laughs> Don't be satisfied. Don't stay where you're at. Transform. Renew your mind so that you can line up with what the Lord is saying, what he has for your life. See, those all are the mercies of God. He's urging the church, urging us to change, urging us to not be satisfied, but urging us to transform. 
See, a transformed mind equals a transformed life. A transformed life equals a transformed city. And we aren't here just to, listen, hear me right. Uh, we, our, our vision statement is daily personal encounters with the presence of God. Daily. But we're not here just to soak. We're not here just to sit. Now, it's amazing to bask in the, in the glory of God, right? It's so good every day. But listen, there's got to be action that follows up. We're here on purpose to change a city. And that is a, that is a result of transformation in your life. It cannot be. The Bible says we'll be known by our fruit, right? So if, if we're transformed, we'll have fruit. All right. So the king of speaking about transformation is Bill Johnson. You guys, he's amazing. So I'm, this whole next part is him, okay? Not me. Um, when, we have, when we have transformation in our minds to the minds of Christ, it gives us a divine perspective. Otherwise, we're always fighting an uphill battle for breakthrough. We're always trying to do it on our own until we can line up with him. See, transformation, here's the kicker, transformation requires repentance. And a lot of times, we think it's a mental ascent to the king or to heaven. It's not, it's a heart change. It's repentance of the heart that then changes the way you think. And if we can't have a heart change, this does nothing for us. We have to lead with repentance. And then transformation follows. Matthew 3.2 says, repent for the kingdom is at hand, right? See, most Christians repent, or most Christians are repentant enough to be forgiven, but not repentant truly to see the kingdom. And for me in this house, for us as leadership, we want this church to lay their lives down to say, Lord, here we are. Take everything that is not of you because we have a purpose. We have a mission. We're on task. We want to see a city, a region, a county transformed for the kingdom. I want to see businesses thriving. I want to see sickness gone. I want to see cancer not here. That starts with us transforming our lives through the daily personal encounters with the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. Good morning. How are we doing? I'm looking across this room and I'm realizing I don't know if I know half of you in this room. Welcome. My name is Aaron. It's nice to meet you. How many people are thankful that we have vision? Why do, why do we have vision? So people won't perish. Great answer. Because we want to know where we're going. We want to know why we're here. There's a lot of people walking aimlessly in life. A lot of people accomplishing a lot of things without purpose and doing nothing with it. We want to know why we're here. As part of the Promised Church, if you count this church your home, um, this is your vision. This is not the church's vision. This is your vision. And um, to me, this, this last part is the most important part of this whole vision statement. It is the root. Um, let's just read it again. At the Promised Church, we exist to be people of freedom 
and transformation through daily personal encounters with the presence of God. You can never get enough of his presence. You will always need more. I've been around people who have, who have said statements and made statements like, I've got everything I need from the Lord. I'm, uh, I've, I've, I've experienced all of God. You will never experience everything of the Lord. There is always more. In fact, what you felt this morning, even during worship, is but just a fraction of the glory of God. When you read in Scripture about the presence of the Lord, about the glory of the Lord, houses and buildings shake. People cannot stand. It is if they were like dead men. That is what the glory and the presence of God really is. This portion of this daily personal encounters with the presence of God is really the root of our vision. See, we live in a Western, uh, really uh, spiritual culture where everything's about the fruit, and, and we want fruit. And in fact, too often, there's a lot of Christians, you may even look down your row and see some of them, who have no fruit in their lives. The Bible says that you will be known by your fruit, and if you do not bear fruit, then you will be cut off and burned. So having fruit in your life is important. In fact, it is the evidence of your belief in Jesus. There's a lot of people who believe in God and don't know him, but when you know him, there will be fruit and evidence of your relationship with the Lord in your life. In fact, your fruit is the proof that you know the Lord. If you have no fruit in your life, I would dare to say you may not know him because when you know him, you will act like him. But let me say this, your fruit will not get you through tragedy. Your fruit will not get you through a storm. Your fruit won't even get you through COVID. We had a lot of amazing, fruitful Christians that when COVID came, they were like, ah, what am I doing? Your fruit will not sustain you in life. Only your roots will. There is a lot of Christians with a lot of fruit who build their house upon the sand. Very few who build them upon the foundation of the rock of Jesus. Your roots are what will get you through. And every single day, the devil will come to try to remind you what a loser you are. We'll try to remind you that you're a failure. We'll try to remind you that you're not going to make it. We'll try to remind you that what that person did to you is unforgivable. And if you do not have daily personal encounters with Jesus, you will not be rooted in the Lord and you will not be able to flourish. You will die. You will not be able to grow. You will die. If something is not growing, it is dead. If you do not have roots in your life, you will die. You will get roots through daily personal encounters with Jesus. Melissa said it earlier, where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom. In his presence is life. In his presence is joy, is peace, is freedom. It's in his presence. The Bible says, Jesus says, it's not by might or power, but it's by his spirit. No matter how intellectual you are, anybody in this room, intellectual, you're overthinking just even the thought of raising your hand. Anybody in this room? Some of you are like, yes, I am. But if I raise my hand, what would he think about me? What would my husband think? So I don't. How many people in this room are overthinkers? There we go. That was easier. Now the truth comes out. Did you know God is not interested in your intellect? How many people in this room are successful? I won't even ask you to raise your hand because you're going to be too scared to do it. God's not interested in your success. He's not interested in any of your accomplishments. He's not interested in your performance. 
This is why to maintain a root system in the Lord requires the utmost humility. You are recognizing that in my weakness, he is strong, and without him, I am nothing. If you do not experience the Lord daily, you will not have the root system you need to run after the Lord and stomp hell every day. You must meet with him daily. Now, there's some of you in here who are already critiquing what I'm saying because you're like, well, I know the word. I listen to the fish when I'm driving to work. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about stopping what you're doing, shutting the door in a room by yourself, being with the Lord, praying and worshiping, listening to him. I'm not talking about listening to worship music on your drive to work. I'm talking about setting aside time with Jesus. I could preach on this for the next three weeks. I'm going to try to shorten this. You must meet with Jesus every single day. You must do it. We see this in Scripture, the Lord's Prayer. It says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today my daily bread. Give me today my daily bread. You need the daily nourishment of the Lord. Even Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of their Father. You need the daily sustenance of the Lord. You cannot get this on your own. You must stop and be with the Lord. You must spend time with them. In Exodus 16, verse 4, we see the Israelites are in the wilderness, and the Lord says to them, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. The children of Israel are in the wilderness, and the Lord says, I'm going to test them whether they will come to me daily. Anybody here feel like they're in the wilderness? Yeah, it's a test of whether you will make your sustenance on him or on something else. Anybody here on the mountaintop, your life is easy. It's in the times of blessing whether you will create a a habit of whether you will go to him daily because if you can create the habit on the mountaintop, it'll be way easier in the valley. You need to go to the Lord daily. And, and the Israelites, when they collected the manna for that day, if they tried to eat yesterday's manna, it was spoiled and it would not, it would not provide for them. Why? Because yesterday's, yesterday's nourishment will not sustain today's hunger. You need today's bread from the Lord. This is why in the time of the Levitical priests, they were, they were told to keep the fire of the Lord burning. You and I have the fire of the Lord burning in our hearts, and we're to keep that fire burning every single day. And the Lord gave them strict instructions. He said, you are to remove the ashes of yesterday and place fresh firewood upon the altar because the Lord cannot burn ashes. And many of you are bringing ashes into the presence of the Lord and you're wondering, God, why am I not feeling alive? It's because you're not presenting fresh firewood for him to burn. And you're like, well, what is, where do I go get this firewood? Can I get it at Walmart? No. It is far too expensive for Walmart. The firewood is your life. What does the Bible say? Take up your cross 
daily. Daily. You are to die upon the altar of the Lord. Man, I love this church. Nobody runs out when we talk about death. Daily you are to die upon the altar of the Lord so the fire of God can come and burn within you. Do you want to know the superstar Christians that you look up to what their secret is? Would you like to know what their secret is? It is daily personal encounters with Jesus. They don't have great qualities that you don't possess. They don't have some great secret, the Holy Grail. They don't have some great method or formula. They meet with him, they get empowered, and then they walk in signs and wonders. That's all it takes. Imagine what would happen if an entire church began to realize that their sustenance was daily encounters with God. So when we talk about freedom and transformation, that comes from daily encounters. When we talk about joy and peace, a lot of people feel joy and peace for a moment. Very few feel it for a lifetime. It comes from daily encounters with the Lord. Every single day. That is your nourishment. And so you're going to begin to hear us talk a lot about daily personal encounters with Jesus. In fact, there's many of you who have come to me even the last couple of months. I've talked on this now for, I've preached on this for probably three or four three or four times in the last three weeks or three months. And there's many of you who have come with questions and problems. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in finances or whatever it is. And the first thing that I'll ask you is, well, tell me what your, your daily encounters with the Lord look like. Because it starts there. I've used this illustration before, but oftentimes we go to restaurants and uh, we're extra hungry when we get there. And so we begin to order all the appetizers because we're super hungry. And so we order the, the steak, but we also order the, the, uh, the calamari and the salads. And then we get the sparkling water and we begin to drink the water with, with the, the lime. And we begin to eat the calamari with the uh, garlic aioli sauce, praise the Lord. And then we begin to, to eat the salad, obviously Caesar salad with extra cheese and a lot of croutons because they're extra healthy. And we begin to eat it all up. And then they bring out the garlic bread and we're eating the garlic bread with extra butter and uh, we're eating it all up and then finally they bring our steak and we're not even hungry for the steak we're not even hungry for the steak because we've gotten so full on the appetizers this is what so many christians in america look like you've been getting full on all the appetizers you're not even eating the entree the entree is jesus and you're getting so full on that great person you're listening to on Facebook. I'm your appetizer. We're your appetizer. Salty and fresh. Made daily for you on Facebook if you would like him. But we're not the entree. Jesus is your entree. You've been eating Jesus tofu. It's a fake representation of being with him. And you've been wondering why you can't make it through life. This is preaching for itself. You've been wondering why you can't make it through life. You've been eating Jesus' tofu. It's time to get the steak. Ain't no tofu in the Bible. It's of the devil. We do filet mignon in this house, baby. T-bone ribeye steak. Come on, what Woodland, America. Tofu, and I got time for that. Unless you eat it, and then it's great. <laughs> Proud of you. Great, great choices. No diabetes. Jesus is your entree, not us. If you get filled up on a Sunday morning, you've got the wrong tank. You need to get filled up 
through Jesus before you get here. And then when you come to church, I'm a giver. I come here and celebrate. Come here and it's a rally cry. If you got to pull up Facebook and YouTube on a Wednesday morning to remind, my, remind yourself you're a Christian, you got the wrong tank. You're connected to the wrong source. Your source, it's like plugging in an iPad to an Android charger. You're going to look like you're plugged in, but you ain't getting no power. And you're going to wonder, why am I dying? It's because you're not plugged into the source. You're just listening to some preacher on YouTube. You're listening to some worship music that somebody else wrote. But if you sing your words to the king, you'll get filled up in a way you can't any other way. Eat the entree. Well, that's a shirt. No more Jesus tofu. Give me the steak. Come on. Can I get an amen from somebody in the house? All right, we need to move on. No more Jesus. You're not going to remember anything else we said today. You're just going to remember no more Jesus tofu. Is anybody here doing tofu for uh, Super Bowl today? We got an altar call at the end of church. We'll pray for you. Prayer team. Uh, we want to go into some vision casting. This is our vision statement. This is the root of everything that we do. Now, as a church, we believe that the Lord has given us very clear things to do. And this morning, we want to list off a number of them to you. We want to start um, kind of with some more home things that we're doing in-house, and then we want to go into some things we're doing out of house. One of the things that we've just launched uh, is Belong. How many people went on Tuesday in Longview or Thursday in Woodland? Come on. In, in Longview, I don't, I don't know if I've heard the numbers for Thursday, but in Longview on Tuesday, we had like 40 people show up and like I believe 10 people got saved going out on the streets. I believe eight of them came to, uh, to go through discipleship that night. And I'm telling you, this is an incredible tool that is gonna begin to take all of us into a lifestyle of discipleship. Do you realize the Great Commission was not to fill stadiums or church buildings so people would come? The Great Commission is so that you would go. There is nothing in Scripture that says build a building so people can come. That should be, I don't know if you heard me. There's, there's nothing in Scripture that says build a building. Some of you have been trying to build a church. That's, that's not what our job is. Our job is to make disciples. We're not to build a building. We're to go and make disciples. And this is what Belong is about. And every Tuesday in Longview and every Thursday here at 6.30, 6.30 here uh, or on Thursday, we are going to be launching Belong. This will be our second week this week. And I want to invite you to join this. Imagine what would happen if you gave one week, or sorry, one day a week of your life to advancing the kingdom of God. I've told a story before. There was a church in Ukraine and the, or Russia, I can't remember which one, and, and they could be the same here soon. Lord, we pray for peace in Jesus' name. And we just go into a time of prayer on that right now. And there was a, there was a pastor who, who was going to go into specific cities with 100 people. And they would take two weeks of their life. They'd take vacation. I was praying in the spirit. They, were, they would take vacation and they would go for two weeks and preach the gospel to everybody that they could find. And they would literally transform an entire city in two weeks, large cities. Now we're just asking for one day a week. We can, do the, we can accomplish transformation in six months or a year if we have an entire church giving one day a week. 
one day a week to go into disciple cities, to go in and preach the gospel. You were called to not just show up on church and be an usher, to work in children's ministry, to serve in ministry. You're not just called to give a tithe, you're called to make disciples. That every single one of you in this church, every single believer should be discipling somebody. Every single person, if you're not discipling somebody, come on Tuesday or come on Thursday and you will go find somebody that is unsaved and you will begin to disciple them. If you're like, well, I don't know what to say. The best way to know what to say is to start discipling somebody. I don't know what I'm gonna say half the time I come up here, but it's by faith that I open my mouth and God begins to speak through me. That's what walking by faith looks like. It's what stepping out of the boat looks like. I don't know if the water's gonna hold me, but I'm gonna trust that it will because he is with me. We're gonna be people that do discipleship. The next thing, so we got belong. The next one is we feel like the Lord has really called us to be people who don't just advance the kingdom locally here, but across the globe. And one of the unique areas that the Lord has connected us to is the nation of Iraq. David Papavisi, who's been here now uh, twice, once, once, um, is, He's, he's gotten connected through us through a nonprofit that myself and Pastor Chris started called 33rd Company. And, and we really believe as a church that the Lord has connected us to him for a specific reason. And in the nation of Iraq, there are 3,000 Christians. Now, if I were to give you the percentage of how many believers that are in the nation, there's a lot of zeros after the decimal point before a one. A lot. In that nation, if you get saved, it's highly likely that somebody will be trying to kill you. It's also in that nation where if you are a Muslim, you believe that Jesus came to earth, he died on the cross, that he's the healer, and the devil has twisted Islam in such a way to where if you are a Muslim, you believe a lot of the same things that Christianity believes. So to try to bring truth in an area where there's just slight distortion is incredibly difficult. And, and David Papavisi has been there for about 10 years with his family, stayed during ISIS, has become an apostolic leader over basically every church in the nation of Iraq. And the Lord has given us somehow this ability to connect with all the churches there where we are beginning to partner with every single one of them to do events and outreaches to see people saved. They have so many people getting saved right now that they don't have enough people to disciple them. And a lot of these people, they can't come to church because their spouse will tell somebody and they'll get killed. So they have to meet secretly in coffee shops and do it underground and privately. And so we are working with them to try to facilitate through finances, through resources, ways to do discipleship. We're doing some large scale events this year and next year where we're trying to gather up literally all 3,000 Christians in one place and begin to equip them to go out and be evangelists for Jesus. Equip them with power and rebuke fear. We're doing large-scale events. We're inviting Muslims to come and to hear the gospel preached. And we believe that the promised church is going to partner with them to see the gospel advance in the nation of Iraq. So this is one specific area. There's a lot of missionaries that we support here as a church, but this is one specific nation that we believe that God has given to us to begin to advance the gospel. So... Um, we're gonna tell you more of what this looks like of how you can partner, but I would ask you to begin to pray. Every single one of you to begin to pray for the nation of Iraq, to begin to pray for David and his wife, Danielle, Papa Visi. They've got four kids there and begin to ask God what it would look like for you to begin to partner with what God is doing there. Amen? Amen. 
All right. Just want to remind you, these are things that we are going to be launching into this year, starting now. So this uh, end of March, beginning of April, we are going to do a Jesus Kids Conference. Come on. Uh, this conference, I felt like the Lord uh, kind of shared with me a couple Januarys ago, and this year it's just been amazing. The Lord has just said, this is the year to do it, and he is just taking care of all of it, and it's really exciting. And this conference is going to be third graders to sixth graders. So, you know, in society, we got sports camps and band camps and all these specialty things for kids to do. But the Lord asked me, Melissa, who's training and raising up the kids in the kingdom, doing kingdom life. And I was like, whoa, you know, we'll pay big money as parents to send our kids to go do things and be a part of things and invest in things, which are all awesome and amazing. But I was like, this isn't happening through the church to raise kids up in the supernatural, to raise kids up knowing who they are in Christ, being confident in their identity knowing that their value doesn't come from what the world says or what a picture tells them or someone else says to them, but literally the voice of the Father is the one that shapes and molds the hearts of our children. And so at Jesus Kids Conference, it's going to be awesome and amazing, and we are going to have a ton of fun, but I want two main things accomplished at our time together. And this is one, that the kids really get set free. From any lies, any uh, curses that been put upon them, any doubts, any fear of man. Because I want to see our kids free to live for Jesus and not be held back by anything that anybody said or done or the enemies try to come in and still kill and lie over their life. And so the first night, we're going in gung-ho. We're going in with the word. We're going in with worship. We're going to be praying and ministering over our kids. And we're going to see heaven be released in their hearts. We're going to see minds change. We're going to see hearts be transformed and changed. And our kids are going to be different. Saturday morning, we're going to go into a time where we're doing breakout sessions. Our kids are going to be trained in specific areas that their heart, maybe they even desire or have talents to do. The gift of prophecy, prophetic art, prophetic dance, worship, music, writing, and many more things. Our kids are going to get an opportunity to say, yeah, I want to learn more about that. And what we're going to do is we're going to say, what does God say about you? What does in the word does it say about these gifts? And how are we to use it to give him glory and honor those around us? And so this is going to be awesome. I'm excited. I'm believing that after this conference... Our third through sixth graders, they're not going to have to wait till they're in high school or even as a young adult to be doing the things of the kingdom, that they will be doing it Monday morning when they go to school, that they will be doing it Tuesday when they go to practice. They will be doing it at home when they're hanging out with mom and dad and their siblings. See, I want this to become a lifestyle. I want our kids to passionately love Jesus with their whole entire life. Okay, our kids get excited about video games. They get excited about Christmas morning. But I want the name of Jesus to excite our children more than anything that the world can put before them. And I believe this is a a time where God's saying, I'm stirring that. And Promise Church, are you ready to do this and partner with me? So I want you to be praying Pray over this conference. Pray over the kids that are going to be coming. Because you know what? The kingdom of heaven is amazing. But the kingdom of darkness, man, he does not play fair. 
And so we wanted to say, no, enemy, you got no room, no playground. This is not your playground. That the kingdom of heaven is going to be released, and these children are going to be set on fire and launched into their destiny, launched into purpose and passion for the kingdom of God. So that happens. March 31st, we're starting out Thursday night. It's all day Friday. Yes, your kids might miss half a day of school, but you know what? For the kingdom of God, it's amazing. And then all day Saturday. And on Saturday, we're going to invite the parents to come back with us on Saturday night because what your kids have been learning, what they even maybe put together, maybe it's a piece of artwork or dance, or maybe it's a part of a worship song or a poem, whatever it may be, they get a chance to come up here and share and minister to the parents and to the other kids in this room. So not only are they learning about it and then they're apt to be activated in doing it, but then they actually get to walk out and say, wow, I can do this. This is who God's called me to be. This is a gift that I get to grow and learn how to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with my life. And I'm not going to be held back in fear or intimidation, but I'm gonna have, I believe in that the Lord says, you know what? No, they're going to walk in power. They're going to have a sound mind, and they're going to be free. So pray into it, Promise Church. We are really excited about this. Come on. We believe in God wanting to impact the next generation for their life, to be impacted for the rest of their life at a young age. And along with our kids, that also speaks to our youth as well. And we got a youth conference coming up this year in April, so check out this video. He's alive. I've given my life not to a dead Christ, but to a living Christ. And I'm following a living Savior. And he's given me a song to sing. He's given me a flag to follow. He's given me something to believe. I have reason for existence. I know where I've come from. I know why I'm here. I know where I'm going. Do you? Do you? Do you? Come on, youth conference coming up in April, the end of the month. We have pastors Chris and Chelsea Donald going to be sharing there. Every year we've done this conference. It's been amazing. God just has moved so powerfully in the lives of our young people. And so I'm excited. We're all excited for this year, what God's going to do in our youth conference. Can we get an amen? amen? Amen. We have a couple more things to tell you what's happening this year. We're going to have two encounter weekends uh, during this year, one in the spring and one in the fall. And we're super excited for what God's going to do. Yes, your, your, tr your freedom and your transformation in your life and through your life to others starts with daily personal encounters with God, but we also recognize that at times uh, the daily personal encounters can come from a corporate encounter that you have with the Lord. I know that is to be true for myself that often I've encountered Jesus in a corporate gathering, in a group setting, and it has changed my life in such a way where now my desire to know the Lord more 
has spurred me to that secret place, to that time alone with him at my house. And so we believe that you guys will come uh, for these two weekends. It'll be a Saturday night. And then these guests that we have will be speaking Sunday morning as well. And they're going to encounter God powerfully. And it's going to just spur you into your, your growing that time alone with the Lord in, those, in, the, in, the, in the daily personal encounters on a daily basis. Amen? So these are coming. They're going to be free. They're going to be awesome. We have amazing guests coming. But better than that, we have the presence of the Lord at the center of everything that we're going to be doing. Also, in July, everybody like the, everyone like fireworks? Who, who doesn't like fireworks? I mean, my dog doesn't like fireworks. But besides that, I think most people really like fireworks. I know my wife and my kids, they like fireworks. Well, this year on the 4th of July... Uh, we're going to have an amazing event here at our Woodland campus. Last year, just a spontaneous event kind of took place. A few hundred people showed up and watched an, a, cra- a crazy fireworks show, and it was amazing. So this year, we're like, well, maybe we should actually do something more planned and, and actually do something more with this. So we're, gonna, we're looking to partner with Compassion to Action and Chris Overstreet's ministry out of Vancouver. We're looking to have a band come in and do a, a concert, and we're going to preach the gospel to everyone that would come and believing that God's going to do an amazing uh, work through that, and we're going to enjoy some really cool fireworks at the same time. Praise the Lord. So make sure you, you come for July 4th. It's going to be great. And Pastor Aaron is going to come up for this next part. You guys getting excited? Thank you. One person. Praise God. I feel you. I feel your excitement. Uh, everybody say Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders. We are going to be launching what is called Kingdom Builders in two weeks. Previously, and uh, thank you. Is this on their seats? In their seat in front? Does everybody have this? Hold it up in the air if you got it. We're going to be launching Kingdom Builders. If you open this up, in the first, first page it says this, Kingdom Builders are people who give an offering over and above their tithe to make a kingdom impact. Everything kingdom builders give goes to impact local, global, and the future. In years past, in years gone by, we have done uh, what is called first fruits offering. This year, we are not doing a first fruits offering. Rather, it is transitioning into kingdom builders, where it is not designed to just be done in a one moment offering, but rather for the remainder of the year. These are, there are vision pieces we believe that the Lord has given to us that we want to ask the church to begin to partner with on a financial basis, on a time basis, and on a resource basis to be able to help accomplish the vision that God has given us. Before I get into that, I want to quickly celebrate what God has done over the past 12 months. If you open up this little pamphlet, I want you to look at the numbers that are on the bottom. Last year in 2021, we we put in over $200,000 into building a brand new parking lot here at the Woodland Campus. Anybody parking in there, a little thankful we have a little more spaces. Now we, we got the parking lot literally when they launched a new campus, so it was, it was great timing. Uh, we also put in a little over 6,000 in launching Belong, which we actually started this year, and we put in almost $400,000 into launching a brand new campus in Longview last year. Can I get an amen from somebody at the Longview campus right now? 
What's not on here as well as last year, we gave over $300,000 to outside mission organizations, to uh, local food banks, to overseas missionaries, over $300,000, which is insane. I don't know if you guys did the math as I did, but that's almost $1 million between all four of those different places of giving money out to see the kingdom of God advance. And so what we want to do is this year, in two weeks from now, so the last Sunday of February, we're going to be taking our Kingdom Builders offering. Well, we're going to ask every single one of you, everybody who's in Longview and Woodland, people who watch online, to partner with us through an offering. You can give one time or you can give ongoing monthly. Some of you, it's the cost of a going out to dinner one time a month, giving 50 bucks to say, I'm going to partner with what God is doing here. And we want to quickly go through some of these visions that God has given us to do as a church. One of them is we believe that God has asked us to begin to look for a new building in Longview. Amen. I know that doesn't get much response here, but there, that'll get a little bit of response. I don't know, who, who here has been to the Longview campus? If, if God moves just a little, we won't have space. Like, we need expansion quickly. And I don't know about you, but there's a portion of scripture that says, expand the walls before the baby is born. I believe that the Lord is asking us before the harvest comes in, we need to make room for the harvest because we're going to begin to see God move powerfully in Longview and Kelso, and we need to see room made for God to move in those cities. And so we're beginning to ask God to give us a new building in that area, whether it's property to build or a building to buy. So part of what the kingdom builders will be going towards is to see a new building come. Another one which I said pre, uh, uh, too quickly earlier, is the nation of Iraq, uh, a nation we're gonna begin to put money into and invest into for different events that are coming. So those are two of the areas of kingdom builders in case you got the next. Awesome, we are looking at starting a, uh, a transformation ministry. Uh, what that means is uh, the two main things we're looking at is two discipleship houses. All right, so we're doing Belong. Belong's amazing. Belong's gonna bring people in. People off the streets, people from hard times, people from difficult situations, they're going to need a place that a lot of people are going to need a place to come out of to find health, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And so our goal, our heart is to buy two homes. Come on. We want to buy two homes and then we, we want to partner with people who have a heart to see people discipled off of the streets that they can see their lives transform. I mean, it's going to be full-time ministry. It, it, you go to sleep with it, you wake up to it. Welcome to our lives. So that's going to happen. Also, we're looking at starting a food bank. There is so much need. We already have one in town, and we're recognizing there's more need. But get this. If we do a food bank mixed with the kingdom of God, where every person that comes in gets the gospel preached to them, they get prayed for, they get uh, just loved on, encouraged. How amazing is that? So we want to start a food bank, and we are believing the Lord will provide the people and the resources to help it happen. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of organization. There's a lot of type A people that we need. So, Lord, bring them. All right, so those transformation ministry, it's going to be amazing. Good, come on. Another thing that we're excited to talk about under Kingdom Builders is a Promise Church Leadership School. 
This is something that we, yes, you can get excited too. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm not going to feel discouraged. Praise God. Uh, we believe this prophetically. The Lord is speaking to us to do this. He's been speaking to us about this for a little while now, where we really see a need as well as have this in our hearts to see our young adults, our youth who are growing up in this house have something to go into after high school or while they're in their young adult lives right now and to be able to be trained and equipped to be spiritual leaders in every area of their lives, no matter what God would take them into. Yes, it is going to involve training and ministry and being equipped with spiritual gifts, to be equipped to share the gospel, to be equipped to, to grow as a leader in ministry, but also, more importantly, if you're called to be a teacher, you're called to be in business, you're call, called to be an architect where you're going to feel that you're equipped with a foundation in God and in his word and the gifts of the spirit where you're going to be able to change the world wherever God would lead you to go. We see people getting raised up through this to go plant churches, to go on the mission field, to be able to be a part of what God would do through us through Throughout the world. And so we're really excited to begin this uh, soon, and we can't wait to be able to give you dates when registration is going to start and all these different things. But we believe God is going to do an amazing work in the lives of the next generation through this leadership school. Can we get an amen? Amen. amen. All right. You guys ready for the last one? So we believe that the Lord has asked us to begin to plan to launch a new Christian grade school here at the Promise Church. And um, I, my kids are currently in a Christian school. I grew up in a Christian school. And so I've seen, I've seen all forms of Christian school. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I don't, we don't wanna create another wheel that's already working. Um, I, I want to I I see a school that's created that finds a way to place the spiritual development over education. Now, for some of you, you may not agree with it. That's okay. The school may not be for everybody. But that places encounters with the Lord, daily personal encounters with Jesus over education. Any parents in this room that would say, I would rather, I don't care what my son does with his life as long as he is madly in love with Jesus. Any other parent in the room can raise their hand and say amen to that? Well, guess what? Imagine a school that said, we don't care what you do with your life, but if you know Jesus, if you are, if, if you'll, you'll learn two plus two. You're, you're gonna learn how to, how to do division and how to, how to read cat and dog. But more importantly, we're gonna introduce you to the Father. And we're, you're going to learn how to have encounters with him daily to where the first hour of every day would be spent just encountering Jesus. The first uh, one day a week would be gathering together and doing worship service together as a school that would all be designed for kids to learn how to hear the voice of God, how to be a light to the world, how to grow in their relationship with God. And the best thing is we have the greatest farm, farm system ever. We have a daycare. Praise God. And so um, we are beginning the process of looking at how to begin this incrementally grade by grade and taking our daycare and bringing them into a new Christian school. So we would ask you, church, to be praying. We're launching it in two months. No, just joking. Um, we do not know when we're launching it, uh, but we, we are beginning to pray and ask the Lord. Uh, I've already had some people come to me and been like, this has been on my heart. I want to help you run this thing. As we are going through multiple of multiple different visions, some of you 
as we're talking about this, we're beginning to touch things that God has already put on your heart. We need you to come to us. This vision that we just described to you is not possible unless there are different people in this place and in Longview that will rise up and say, I want to lead that. We're not going to lead a Christian school. We're not going to lead a food bank. We need people who are going to rise up and say, God has called me to do this, and I want to partner with the vision on this house. So as you begin to pray over this, as you begin to think about how you could partner with even financially, begin to ask God, God, what are you asking me to partner with in this vision? How can you serve the vision that God has given this church? Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand? So we want to take the next 10 or 15 minutes and just begin to pray as a body over the various aspects of, these, of this vision that God has given us. For some of you, you're hearing this vision and it's beginning to excite you. You're beginning to feel like, oh man, I'm part of a place that's dreaming and you're beginning to dream. I'll tell you this, as a church, we want the dreams that scare us. I want the crazy, stupid, foolish dreams that only a crazy man would want. I don't want the dreams that are easy and attainable and we could do next week. I want the ones where we're like, dear God, I don't know how that's ever gonna work. I want those ones. I want the ones where you laugh at us because you're like, there ain't no way that's gonna work. I want those ones. I want the dreams that scare me and that scare you. And so I'm praying that as we just declared vision, some of this vision that maybe would have been foolish in other people's minds to say because we don't have all the kinks worked out yet, but I'm believing that it's gonna provide, uh, stir your heart to begin to get a vision for your house, for your life, for your marriage, and for your kids. Oh, you guys are funny. You're like, oh, that sounds great. Let's do this. Let's close our eyes. God, we know that you've called us out upon the waters. God, we know as a church you've called us to live a supernatural lifestyle. God, you've given us vision. You've given us dreams. You've given us landmarks to shoot for. God, I pray that faith would be deposited in this room today. God, let faith, supernatural faith, faith that requires us to get out of safety, faith that requires us, requires us to be radically generous, faith that requires us to not do things normal, faith that requires us to take risks. God, we want the faith of heaven, the faith that says just the faith, the small of a mustard seed can move mountains, the faith that says cities can be saved, the faith that says schools can be saved, the faith that says, God, that our region can be transformed, faith that says that cancer can be gone, faith that says that schools, Christian schools can be birthed, faith that says that food banks can be started, faith that says that nations like Iraq can be saved, faith that says that neighborhoods, that families can be restored, that freedom come in. Come on, church, begin to pray with me. God, we pray that faith would be deposited in this church to believe for supernatural revival in this region. 
Church, I would ask you, if everybody in this room, would you lift your hands, close your eyes, and just begin to pray. Nathaniel and different pastors are going to begin to come up and pray over this vision. I want us for the next 10 minutes to begin to prophesy and pray over the vision that God has given us, that this year, 2022, would be a year where we see supernatural breakthrough in our cities, in our region, that we would see God come and move upon our families. Come on, church, begin to pray. Begin to open your mouth and begin to pray. Come on, everybody in this room, begin to pray. God, we need to see revival come. Come on up, Nathaniel. We need to see revival come in this region. So God, come and move in Jesus' name. Father. 
Come on, extend your faith. Put your eyes on Jesus.